salutations from the love below, where we get deep beneath the surface and in between where we have been and where we are going. I'm Cece. And I'm Fab. And we are two sisters that give a fuck about each other, how we relate to one another, and we love to share all the dope shit that gives us goosebumps. All right, let's get into it. Let go. Who knows where this flower Hey, hey, welcome back. Welcome home. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back again, guys, to our uh, next episode of The Love Below. We're so happy you're joining us. We really hope you enjoyed last week's episode. Um, You know, until recently. Remind me again what it was. Why am I having a brain fart? The gut feeling? The fucking gut. Okay, yes. Brain fart. Duh. 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 Yes, I remember now. Okay. So, you know, until recently, the like relationship between your physical gut and your emotional gut, like n- people didn't really know that that was connected or like how critical that was. Mm-hmm. So we figured we could give it a little love and, you know, show you how important it is to sync one another and how interrelated they are and just give it some love. Yeah, I noticed that. Many people knew there was a relationship, but not how it can affect the way you act and the way you think. Like, they didn't realize that the food you eat actually affects your your cognitive advantage to the world. Like, the mm-hmm. food you eat actually feeds your brain and the way you speak to yourself and the way that your belief systems are set up, that affects the way you digest food as well. So, it's just like a cycle. Yeah, totally. And... And to that point, I feel like maybe people did know some of those things, but had no idea where to even start Mm -hmm. once they've identified that. Like, what do I do with this information? You know, so. Or even what information to trust, because there's a lot of information out there, but you don't know where to start. And like you said, and what to actually do and what information is valid and what is just gibberish, because a lot of people say they know things, but it's the Mm -hmm. Internet. You don't really know who's who and who's not. Right. And a lot of you guys had some great ways um, that you honor yourself and trust your inner voice. Uh, some of you honor yourself by moving your body and spending time in nature, which we love. Yeah. And then some of you, it. yep, some of you are really big on self-talk and, and showering yourself with words of affirmation. And that's so important. You're your own best friend, the strongest relationship you have in this world is with yourself. So you got to cultivate that and you got to keep that strong. Mm -hmm. And then some of the songs that you guys submitted were awesome and they all made it to the playlist. So I just love that we're creating this collective community playlist that we can all jam to together each week. Some of the songs that we added were In Tune by Big Sean and Big Sean's the king of affirmation, so he has yes, to be he put is. in there. Big Sean has big dick energy, and he just bleeds it through his music. And I think that's why we all love him, men and women, because he's just, like, so confident. 
right? There's this one. What's the line? He's like, bitch, I'm 10 feet tall when I'm standing on top of my... And we know he's short, so it's funny. He knows he's short. (laughs) (laughs) But like he does act like, you know, he's got that like big energy. Mm -hmm. Another one uh, who's got big ego uh, is Kanye West. So one of the songs uh, that was submitted was Power. And that's such a hype song, like such a, you know, like I'm in tune with me. I've like got this shit, you know. And then finally, the last one, we got to bring some feminine energy into that. So the last one that was submitted was Golden by Jill Scott. That's a dope Such song. a great addition. So thank you so much for that one. <laughs> so Fab, tell me what, what you've been up to since we last got together. Hmm. Nothing much. I've been, you know, working, doing my, my stuff on this side of town and trying to... I feel like I've been out of the zone. I'm very into working out and I'm, I enjoy it, but I've been in a really bad rut. And I think it's the first rut I've been in like my whole life where I'm like, I don't care. I really don't want to work out. About working out. Yeah, about working out. I like can totally agree. And I don't know if it's that I just have like an overwhelming amount of work, but I just, I'm so lethargic yeah. and I just don't feel like working out do you feel like it's like the time change i 100 percent think it's the time change <laughs> i'm gonna, bl- I'm gonna just try to blame it on the time change because i'm like yo like, get it together but even i try to work it out in the morning and it's it's right. not happening i think Sometimes it's the time it's change harder. i think it's like literally the time we're we're living in and that we've mm-hmm. been collectively going through a lot um and sometimes I like to remove myself from that and be like, no, like you have the keyword of 2020, like agency of your body and what you're going to do. So don't blame it on outside, like things that are going on in the world. But yeah, but that's easier said than done. Absolutely. And I just I don't know, is it because it's like holiday season coming up and we're just like, ah, whatever. La, la, la. <laughs> I know I'm going to be fluffy really soon. So like, fluff, I'm just going to fall off now since I'm anticipating what's going to happen. Yeah. No, I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I think it's very easy just to like snap a finger and be like, okay, you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Like in my mind, that's, I think how it's supposed to go. But, and so I tell myself that's the truth. But Sometimes I'm, I'm just it gonna is. i like do it. Yeah. That's Sometimes it. it's just like deciding mm-hmm. I'm doing it and that's it. If not, it's just pushing yourself little by little every day and you'll start getting back into that zone. I think because I'm so excessive with everything that I do that now that I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm kind of like trying to honor that. Like, okay, you're listening to yourself that mm-hmm. you, you're you tired. So I'm happy and I'm and I'm proud of myself for doing that. But at the same time, I'm like, no, bitch, like, what are you doing? Let's go yeah, do these squats. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think you'll find a, a happy medium at some point, right? So it's not maybe being as excessive or uh, all in extremist yeah. with doing it. But, you know, getting it in a few times a week and feeling really great about it and not forcing yourself to do it every day or not at all. That's true. I think I started that like as a kid. I would just be like, I have to be all in or nothing at all. And that's very like, I guess, telling of my personality mm-hmm. is that I'm like, you know, like, you're going to give it your all. You're going to die. You're, you have to do it full throttle. No looking back. There's no rear view mirrors. Like you're just going. But if I'm not that, because it takes so much energy, I'm like, I'm not doing it. 
anything at all then. Yeah, it's like you know how much energy mm-hmm. it's going to take. Mm-hmm. So you're like, Ugh, I have to do okay. everything like to the perfection. You know what it's going to, yeah. yeah, you know what it's going to come out of it. Mm-hmm. Do you feel, feel like you. you do that as well maybe? Or like some form of that, of like perfection, that like need to have things perfect? Yes, I'm very much of a planner. So I like plan when I'm going to breathe. I plan when I'm going to like eat, poop, like work, work out, you know, like everything under the sun. So it's for me, if it, I have to be really in the zone because if let's say I'm scheduling myself to work out at 7 a.m. If I'm not waking up at seven, you know, it takes away from the time that I have to work out. Or if I don't make it and I don't wake up, then I either have to try and fit it at the end of the day. But I've already started in this like unaccomplished Mm -hmm. mindset. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I tend to be hard on myself, I would say, if I don't get it done, even though there have been times in my life where I'm so committed. And maybe it's because I have a set goal or, you know, something that I'm like working towards. And I mean this in terms of working out that even though I may not like make it in the morning, I'll fit it in somewhere part of the day. But right now that's not really happening. I told myself I was going to work out this morning and uh, it's, uh, I haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> I feel like a lot of us have uh, this bad tendency to pretty much set ourselves up for failure. Like I'll write a to-do list on my phone and be like from three to four, do laundry. Like, why do I have to limit it to three to four? Because then at that point, you're assuming, like, you're there's a possibility that you won't do it from three to four, right? So then you just failed at that. So, like, you associate you having to do things with possible failure. So, like, mm-hmm. why don't you just give yourself a range? Like, okay, today at some point, I'm getting the laundry done. And, like, what I do is I will erase it completely, like, laundry three to four, and then put it for the next day. And, like, the time it took me to type out, like, laundry tomorrow (laughs) like I could have already started getting the laundry together to go and do it you know it's just procrastination and I I feel like I've always been a procrastinator well you are uh you're waiting until you're wiser so maybe you'll get it done better but I think some people operate better in that way time uh blocking out their time slots to do things because it forces you to focus on the task from this to this time if you leave it to chance like I'm gonna get it done today then maybe you won't get to it because ah, I'm gonna do this and then you get caught in this like there's no sense of urgency mm-hmm. so I think it really depends on the person you know like the time block works for me but I also have to turn that I also have to turn that dial on yeah you kind of have to like take a step back and look at the two patterns that you can choose Mm-hmm. that takes a lot and what about you Steve what's up with you same honestly i'm feeling feeling this time change a lot more than i would like it's dark so early um but i will say that i love that we've gotten just a glimpse of chilly weather i work remotely and a lot of my team is all throughout the u.s and one of them is in canada and they're all experiencing actual seasons and chilliness chilly like days And it's so nice. Like I envy them sometimes because in South Florida, we're in this like extreme humidity. It's November and we're dealing with hurricanes and 90% humidity. So I'm appreciating the hell out of this really like nice 
62 to 74 degree weather day. Um, so I can't complain, you know. It's funny, our youngest sister was, I was FaceTiming her the other day and she was telling me about how she just celebrated her birthday. Happy birthday, Scorpios. Um, and she was just talking to me and I was giving her advice. And she was like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. You know, like not really paying me much mind because <laughs> I've, I don't know, I've turned into like her mom um, at this point, even though I'm really trying not to. But I was kind of thinking about it. Like, I wonder what advice I would have liked to hear at that age. Like, what would I have been receptive to? What would I want to hear or would have needed to hear at that time? Or to would have been open and, to hear. Right. You know, and like how it would have affected me, you know, of course, like having known what I know now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Would you have like, because there's like, of course, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Everything that I know now has let like, would have helped me grow into who I am. But I just, cause, you know, at different points in, in your life, you experience things that now as an adult, you think back and you're like, damn. I wish someone would have told me to save more or I wish someone would have told me to mm-hmm. not be so hard on myself. You know, those things that you specifically needed to hear or maybe as a collective, we all needed to hear to just get us in a better place. Yeah, kind of like, I don't know, I would say for us, we are first generation immigrants. So we don't have the, I would say the luxury to have like our aunts and uncles and grandparents around. It's just our immediate family. So, like, we don't get the wise lessons that they teach you, like, growing up. So we kind of right, have to, like, figure that out older. on our own. And I would have mm-hmm. really loved to have a grandmother or um, an aunt to speak to me and, like, sit me down. Because a lot of the times, you kind of block out what your parents say. You're kind of like, okay, I keep hearing this from you. But when you have a different perspective and someone that you respect, um, I feel like you're more receptive to Mm -hmm. hear what they're saying and take that advice. It's also a varying approach, right? This person experienced something and a life completely different than your parents. And sometimes for whatever reason, you feel like your parent is just either being overbearing or overprotective. Um, So you can, you can write it off, but these other parental like figures in your life, your aunts, your uncles, Uh, your older cousins, your grandparents have experienced life and it just adds such a special value. But you're right, you know, uh, we grew up here and it was really just like our mom, our dad and us just trying to figure it out. When we were going through school, we didn't really have that, you know, this is what you're supposed to do. And I know that a lot of people our age are who are first, (laughs) first generation immigrants felt that way where they had to navigate through some of these things and figure it out themselves in order to get by. Mm -hmm. And we did the best that we could. Um, So, you know, pat on the back to everyone who experienced that or can relate. But I I mean, it is interesting because now we're in a place where we can give that advice and we've experienced it. So our children, our younger siblings, our little cousins are pervy to some of the experiences that we face now having lived a generation right within this country and know how to function and survive and ultimately thrive here. Yeah. I mean, I, I truly believe in the, 
the saying that it takes a village. Mm-hmm. It really does take many hands and feet and brains to raise a child and a child that is something positive to the world and that contributes to the world. And mm-hmm. if we could go back, what would you know? What would we say to that little that little person that you you were? I would say the biggest thing I would tell myself is to be kinder to myself. (laughs) I, and we all know this by now, but as my Virgo self, I am pretty hard on myself. I strive for perfectionism. So, you know, like, don't take life too seriously. It's okay to mess up. I went through so many experiences where I either was so nervous to make a decision or once I did, I would like, replay the situation over and over and over and over in my head because I was like gosh you're such an idiot (laughs) you know like why would you say that or you were so nervous or why did you do this and it's like who cares I think that's the first time I ever heard you say that because I always saw you as someone that was like okay I did it and like you were you kind of like owned your mistake and you were like ignored that it was something that you mm-hmm. should ha- shouldn't have done. Wow. But I'm really good at hiding that internal yeah, you, like, you really, struggle. <laughs> yeah, you really masked it as... The thing is, as a child, I saw you as masking it. But maybe if I was an adult, I'd say, like, okay, I see her coping mechanism to hide away mm-hmm. from not admitting wrong. She acts like it's not... It, doesn't, it didn't happen. And if it did, then whatever, fuck it. That's how I dealt with a lot of my mm-hmm. life, though. Do you feel like it didn't happen? Do you feel like maybe the way you spoke to yourself, like you know, like you were, you should have been kinder. That you should have been kinder to other people. Do you feel like that re- relationship you had with yourself affected the way you had relationships in your life? Yes, I think that there have been times. Yes and no. I think there have been times where I have been very soft on people with what they do. Because I know we're all learning and growing, but I definitely know that there have been times where I've seen people and maybe not have had the patience that I could have or should have had with them as they were learning and growing through experiences. So I think that's something that through time I've also learned. Mm-hmm. What would you, what's one piece of advice that you would give yourself? Um, I would say to not be ashamed or to like dim my light, just be loud about who you are I'm with the people that I I can trust I am a hundred percent myself and I'm I don't know I think see you could speak for that that like I'm very full of personality I guess mm-hmm. and I don't hide it but when I don't know people or when I'm around people of maybe like authority or just someone new that I've met like I am very timid and like to myself and I just I'm very shy and I want to tell my younger self that, like, you don't have to be scared to be who you are around new people, newness in your life. Like, you can still hold who you are in all spaces. Yeah, and not to feel like you have nothing to add, you know, of value. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's sometimes a form of, like, shielding that you had. Like, you have when you, you know, when you're younger, I think that you've really grown and, like, evolved from that. And are still, you know, of course, but had like a shield or a, like a shell mm-hmm. around you. Um, and that was like a safety, you know, a yeah. safety of like, 
I am good here. If I don't say anything, people either won't judge me or like or not like me. And I'm not sure if those were the reasons like why you did it, but mm-hmm. it's just a place where you're safe and people can't do good or bad to you. That's probably the the shortcoming from it, from being that way, yeah. you know, is that because you're saving yourself from bad, you're also saving yourself from the potential of anything good. And like the possible connection that could have happened and uh, the friendship or, you know, not or just even experience that you could have had from that. You kind of just put something into perspective for me because I would say I'm very avoidant when it comes Mm. to confrontation. Mm -hmm. So that would make so much sense as to why I did that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of a lot of the times like when we're younger, too, we have that just we're afraid of being who we are and showing who we are to the world. And there's just no reason to now that you're older and you've come to learn and know about yourself so much. It's like, I'm very proud of who I am. I'm very proud of what I give to the world. And yo, I'm funny. I'm smart. I'm, you know, a great time. (laughs) Like I just have so much to offer. I have a great time. I have so much to offer and give back to the world. Like it's just, and I think that that also comes with maturity is like Mm -hmm. being like a level of comfortable with yourself to just be and say whatever. And, you know, people really don't think about you as harsh as that seems. I don't mean you. I mean, like in the general sense, like people don't think about you as much as you think that they do. Like there's something that's called the spotlight theory Uh, or the spotlight effect and it's basically like when you think about yourself in situations you view yourself as a star of a story Mm -hmm. right so you think that people are talking thinking criticizing judging you way more than they really are people don't care and they're so absorbed within their own lives and their own spotlight (laughs) effect that they're not thinking about you that much so who cares yeah i mean the spotlight effect just makes so much sense because we are the only person like me myself and it's the only person having this experience right now Mm -hmm. right like actually the books around me that i see this cup of water that i have next to me the way i'm sensing the world around me the way i'm absorbing what we're talking about right now i'm having that experience me and me only right Mm -hmm. and to think that someone else is having the experience at the same time like to me as a child that was really hard to conceptualize and like understand that like Mm -hmm. I wasn't the only person in the world I was like well like everyone is fake I thought everyone was an actor I was like no these people aren't real like they're just here (laughs) for me what is that uh that movie with um Jim Carrey the Truman Show Uh uh-huh I swear it's like everyone's watching you on tv but like he was living his life with a bunch of actors everywhere literally you were you thought you were Truman and I know that like I'm not the only person that thinks like this because I had a conversation in high school with like this boyfriend I had and he was like yeah like I'm the only person here like you guys are all fake and I was like yeah yeah, I know know, I know that has um a lot to do with the way that your inner child is formulated Mm -hmm. and it's it's almost like it's a part of your life where you view the world in a very egocentric point of view, a very egocentric lens. Mm-hmm. So you view the world um, as if if there's a circle, like you're in the middle of it. Like you, 
when you know when you're a little kid, when people say the world doesn't revolve around you, yeah. like it's that. Like when you're a little kid, every child goes through that uh, phase where they they believe that the world revolves around them, and no matter what happens, it's happening to them, and not, you know, like because of other things. So it's almost like you assign anything that goes on directly to you. Yeah. Hmm. What else would you tell yourself? Well, I mean, in like what arena? I mean. (laughs) Okay, we can break it down. Yeah, I'd be down to break it down. Let's see. In terms of like living life, I would say travel as much as possible. Travel far and wide because it really expands the quality and like the depth of your life. You know, we were both really fortunate to have traveled out of the country, within the country, and just absorbed cultures from different places The and seeing the way that people live their lives. I mean, it's really enriched me with not only understanding that people don't live the way that we do, but that everyone's life is so completely different than one another. And there's just, it, it really humanizes you in the sense of, Making you see that just because someone lives differently than you do or has different experiences than you do doesn't make them wrong or doesn't make them a bad person. I feel like there's this, sometimes there can be this perception or understanding or belief rather that if a person doesn't think the way that you do, they're wrong and they're quote unquote bad because of it Mm -hmm. and has also put me under the firm understanding that I want to one continue traveling and two very likely live out of the country or live away from home for who knows how long in my life so I would say travel because I don't think we're able to go anywhere come January (laughs) well I'll be out by then and hopefully the borders will be closed so I can't come back Get out of Dodge. What about you? Um, let's see. I totally agree with traveling. Okay. Give me one about like finance finances. Hmm. I would tell myself that you're wonderful. I've always been really good with money. Oh, um, you're right. That's more of a question for me. <laughs> and I would, I'm, I'll bring it to you because I learned how not to spend money by watching my sister and my mom. <laughs> Honestly, I saw like how they would spend blow money, blow money. Like it, they had $10 and they spent 15. I don't know how they spent 15. I was the one with the Victoria's Secret credit card at 22 had a what $300 credit limit and I had maxed that out. Give me another, you know, whatever credit card maxed it out. I didn't realize like the consequences of what it was to overspend and I would have just I had your similar avoidant mentality mm-hmm. like oh, I'll pay that off eventually I did I ever get to it I mean obviously later on but I had to have put myself in a pretty bad situation and learn so I would give myself the advice of <laughs> learning being a little bit more financially literate understanding um, what it is to save and have multiple funds or areas where I can lean back on and to not spend all your money. I mean, I, I would have, I would get paid from whatever job I was at and 
it would feel like heat in my pocket. I was like, I have to spend this. I have money. I'm going to the mall and I need to spend wow. all of it. That's crazy. I it was like I needed to get rid of it. I knew I had, what, $300 left? All right. Well, this is $255. let us go. You guys want to go out to eat after? Let's do it. No way. Yeah, it's really bad. And I mean, no, I don't know. That we, comes from like a... We were from, raised together, but we're just wired differently. Like, yeah. that doesn't make sense to me. I remember we would go to the grocery store. And I would, like, run up to my mom and be like, okay, so we have $20. Are you sure you want to buy that? And she'd look at me like, bitch, yes, I want to buy it. Like, get away from me. <laughs> I want it and I need it now. <laughs> She'd be like, go away. You're such a bubble popper. Like, shoo. <laughs> and I'd be like, but mom, we can't, we, we can't afford it. Like, you have to put it back. And she'd just be like, where did this little well, child come from? Right. And as a little child, you had more understanding of what it was to save and not be irresponsible with your funds. And it took me a long time. That's why she loved to go to the mall with you. Because you'd be like, let's go. Even Let to this run day, it. Fab, even to this day, if you ask me, should I get this? I'm like, are you sure you're asking me? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to tell you, yes, you need it. And I still wholeheartedly like stand by that. I still think you should enjoy your money. I just think you need to have a level of of understanding, a level of comfort and cushion. Whereas if you shouldn't be in the place, if you're not in the place to spend, don't. If you if you are, and I read somewhere that if you can afford something two times over, you can buy it. If not, you can't afford it. Yeah, I think that ties well into the next category, like your social life, your your younger you. And I would tell myself to have fun. I remember in college, I was just like school only. It's school. I'm here for school and the party. And that's important. It's very important, but I think there's balance. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like I've mentioned before and I probably mentioned like episode one and two that like, you know, I'm, I'm very with it or not. I'm with the extremist, shit or I'm not. yeah. So yeah, an extremist in in many cases. So I would say have fun. Like I could have fit, like between classes, I could have fit a nice Molly in a rage and got into bed by like eleven. I could have. Yeah, you would have like felt a little weird in class the next yeah, day, but, but... Like, every day I have to be in the library for twelve hours. Every right. day I like have you didn't to, allow like, yourself yeah like the space to make those memories or like. It, explore and have that um time where you're just like dumb yeah it's, and I also you don't feel like get that forever yeah exactly you only are in college once and I feel like an old person telling someone to like mm -hmm. enjoy your college years while it lasts but I just feel like coming from immigrants again like living below the means we all like associate productivity with struggle Mm -hmm. And, like, you don't need to slave for the man all day to earn a dollar. Like, you don't need to work hard as fuck to get a promotion. And by promotion, I mean, like, leveling up in life. Like, when you right. equate productivity to money, we only work to make money. And I honestly believe you should work for free. Like, you should put your time in to reap the benefits that will multiply beyond monetary needs. Like, working for money is usually trading your time at the expense of a corporation that mm -hmm. you don't benefit from. 
So when you see time and productivity as currency and not a dollar bill, that's when you'll start to invest time in yourself. So like what I'm trying to say is like time equals productivity. Productivity equals investment and investment equals wealth. Not that time. Like time doesn't equal money. Yeah. So like if you're productive and you get shit done, like if you have that, if you have that mentality that I don't work for free, then you're, you're finding your worth from someone else rather than yourself. Mm-hmm. And from a dollar, right? Because the investment that you're putting into yourself is for the bigger picture you're building for, you know, to influence people you're building to impact those around you and impact yourself. And from there, the money will come. Yeah. But you're not doing it for that reason. So be productive, but have fun is what I would tell mm-hmm. myself. Beautiful. What about relationships? Hmm. You go. Let me think <laughs> about that. Um, let's see. I would say there's three that I have. So I'll like go through them. I would say one, and I think this one's so important and something that I would have definitely wanted to hear is to not lose yourself in a relationship. Yeah. I feel like it's so easy to lose sight of who you are and be very immersed in the relationship. And I've definitely been one to like fall off the face of the planet and it's okay to be happy in the situation that you're in. It's okay to want to be with this person and spend a lot of time with them, but don't lose, you know, the other part of your life that you had before you met this person. Like they can both coexist. You can still merge your lives together and have one balanced, happy life. And I think it took me a little while to learn that. And I think I'm still learning that now, but I'm definitely putting more of an effort and a conscious priority to doing that. And I'm finding that I'm very happy. I'm much more fulfilled in multiple aspects of my life instead of feeling like my scale is like tipping from one end to the other. It doesn't have to be like that, you know? So you would say that you were the friend that ditched all their friends because they had a boyfriend? A (laughs) hundred percent. Ask ask my friends. That was a hundred percent me. Yeah, I think everyone would agree. But like, and, but that I mean, was everyone your lust. can relate. Yeah, everyone you know? can, exactly. Everyone can agree because they understand that they see that in themselves. Right. Like, I definitely had that in my first relationship, and that kind of goes back to episode one um, when we spoke about the three loves in your life. That mm-hmm. that was your lust. In mm-hmm. your lust relationship, that's when you're really learning how to love. So you're just completely right draining yourself to give mm-hmm. yourself to this person and you completely forget about everyone else around you that still cares about you still is your family and it's still in your life so exactly. learning that balance and they will continue to be mm-hmm. so you gotta pay them the same amount of respect exactly and love and attention that they deserve and require and that you've always given them because mm-hmm. that boyfriend whether or girlfriend whether they're there or not they're still gonna be in your life so keep those those relationships yep. rich Right. And then two and three, I'm going to just merge together because they are very similar or just tie into one another. Um, I would definitely say to pick your battles Mm. and to cool off before voicing any of your concerns. Yeah. 
I think it's really easy in the heat of the moment when you've picked your battle to just it may be tempting to yell or maybe tempting to go off, you know, because you are so hurt, so bothered, so triggered by what's happening that you need to get it off your chest right then and there. And you might just say something that is harmful or you don't mean or just doesn't it doesn't come out the way you intend it to. You're not getting anything from the situation. You're not accomplishing anything. So sometimes you just need to, you know, cool off, collect yourself and really think about why you're saying it and what you hope to get from saying it. Yeah, there's a pastor that I I listened to. I can put him in the show notes. I forgot um, his name, sorry. But he says that there's, um, there's rules to arguments in a relationship. And the first rule is we argue about what we argue about and that's it. If Ooh. we're arguing about you leaving dishes in the dishwasher... For three days straight, when I asked you to clean the dishes, well, you didn't take out the garbage last week, and we're not bringing up bed. Yeah, exactly. We're not bringing up other shit. Right. We argue about we argue about, and uh, that's it. Uh huh. Then that and that one's also easier said than yeah, done because it's so easy to be like, "Hey, I'm I'm bothering you about the dishes," but it's not just about the dishes. Like you, you also aren't doing or fulfilling your role in this, 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 in this way. So it's kind of like really being careful mm-hmm. about not tallying up everything else that you're bothered about. Yeah. The second one is don't characterize or name call. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you said you were going to do that. Like, <laughs> you know, I've done like it. Mocking I'm, them. The mocking them. Like, oh, okay, really? All right, cool guy. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, bro. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah, you can't do you. that. And then no never name call them out either. of their name. Never call them yeah. out of their name. That is disrespect. Once you add disrespect to a relationship, that is you are subtracting respect. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a bomb. Really hard to you get just, back. You just you dropped a bomb. You can't take it yeah. back. Agreed. And that's just something you don't want to add into the mix. No, it's already you love it your can partner. Already be hard enough, you know, with everything going on in life to be with someone for you to start bringing that element of just distrust and disrespect. Yeah. Recipe for failure, my friend. Mm -hmm. And the third one for the relationship argument rules is take a time out for an hour, then come back to the table. So if you're in the like of the argument. Cooling off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cooling off, like you said. You really got to just let put those flames out for a little bit. Like you are literally an inferno. Everyone that's in their mm-hmm. argument, you just, you're tallying up everything they've done wrong. You're writing out a whole novel of what you want to say to them and your, your key points and your PowerPoint and calm down for a second. Mm-hmm. I promise you, if you take that hour to collect yourself and really get to what we were arguing about and that's it, you won't have that argument last more than what it needs to. Yep. So you mentioned kind of like in terms inner child. Like we're talking we're talking to our younger selves, but what do you mean by like your inner child? I'd kind of briefly touched upon it earlier in the episode, but basically from birth to ages 7 and or 8, you are living within a specific stream of consciousness uh, that is called the egocentric point of view. So basically you're viewing and filtering all of your experiences through a certain lens, 
right? So like, let's say your dad was the dad that came home from work and he was grumpy. He was in a bad mood. He was stressed about job and making enough money, uh, all the stress from his, from work. And as a child viewing it from an egocentric point of view, you're not understanding that that's why he's upset. You think it's because of you. So that's something called a self-assigned meaning. You're assigning it to yourself. It has to be about you. You know, I'm, I did something to upset him. My presence bothers him. And it might even lead you to believe that you're unlovable, depending on what your self-talk is or the way you viewed it, the situation. Mm-hmm. And the inner child is really just like a part of our mind that stores all of our emotional experiences from childhood. So again, it's the lens that we view our current experiences from based on what happened to us as a kid. So some parts of ourselves that can be wounded, for example, when I'm triggered by my grumpy father, um, or I believe rather that my grumpy father is grumpy because of me and not because of the outside world and his own shit. You know, we, those types of things start to show up when you're an adult and they can show up in your relationships um, and they can even contribute to the choices that we make for ourselves in our careers, our professional world, and honestly, even how we raise our own children, it becomes a cycle. So even though we're grown, right, even though we're adults, like these wounded parts of ourselves, they still affect us daily. And to give the example of the grumpy father, now you're an adult and you have this wounded part of you that feels unlovable for whatever reason. Now your partner, you're in a relationship and your partner comes home and it's, you know, they're in a mood and maybe they're being short with us. They just had a bad day okay, here we go. Something's wrong. They don't love me anymore. Maybe, you know, things have changed and you start to act out, you know, because you're triggered. You're coming from this place of like, uh oh, it's flaring back up again. I'm getting the sense that something I'm doing is wrong. And I mean, it could be the same with like a friend not texting you back. You go through this whole inner monologue of like, okay, they're not texting me back because I must be bothersome to them. Like maybe what I said to them you know, they're, they, I know that they're by their phone all day. Like, why didn't they hit me back? Mm, You know, like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, you start to like kind of think of these things and our reactions can sometimes seem like how we were when we were children. Like, again, why it's called an inner child. Like you start acting, like you could start acting out. So there's, they say there's two ways to respond. That can be a response from when your wounded inner child is coming out. And one of those is a tantrum. So if your partner is being short with you, you start throwing a fit, literally, what the F, you know, what's wrong with you? Why are you upset with me? You start picking a fight to try and get an emotional reaction from them. You start trying to like get any sense of a response from them. Or there's the silence, silent withdrawal. So I'm going to ignore you. I'm going to be avoidant and I'm going to wait until you come for me because something is wrong and I'm not, I'm not approaching that That to me right there. And I'm the other one. (laughs) I'm literally like, come chase me Mm -hmm. all day and tomorrow and maybe Wednesday. And then when I think that you've chased me enough, maybe I'll look at you. And you've created this whole story in your head that it's about you. Mm hmm. 
you know, oh, well, you didn't respond to me um, or you were short with me when you got home. And that's why I started avoiding you or that's, you know, maybe you don't say it in those words, but that's what you're justifying in your head. So would you say that the first time you experience, say, a negative emotion as a child, say doubt or worry or fear, whenever you have that initial, I guess, a click of like, oh, this is worry, this is doubt, this is fear, you base that feeling you got for every time you feel worry, doubt, and fear Mm -hmm. as you become older? Yes. And it's very, very related to the last episode that we just had in your gut. Your gut remembers, your intuition remembers things that happen. And I also mentioned that when you experience fear or you experience doubt or you experience anything that can be a potential threat to the body or to the psyche, your body, it doesn't matter if the situation is either the same or completely different, your body remembers it as the same. Mm -hmm. All it remembers is the feeling. So you could be just not getting a text back from your friend, but you're feeling a sense of rejection. You're feeling a sense of Uh, avoidance from someone or neglect from someone and immediately your body is like sending red flags of save me something's wrong I got to react and you're usually reacting the way that you did when you were younger and they all sound so similar um but they're so different like doubt worry and fear Mm -hmm. that's those are you, you have to let those things go they that keeps you in your inner child mind like your inner child mind can be there and it will always be there but it shouldn't be the star of the show. It should be maybe third runner up. (laughs) So I completely agree. And I think that what you're mentioning is the ego Mm -hmm. because everyone has an inner child, but your ego, which is like the story that you paint out for yourself in the world. Like I'm fab. I'm, you know, 29 years old. I am a good friend. I'm a good lover. I'm funny. I am. Well, thank you very much. (laughs) you know you you tell your story about who you are so when someone threatens that or threatens the wounds that you had when you were a child your ego comes to try and save you Mm -hmm. so I think what you're referring to is the ego and I think a way there are ways to heal the parts of your inner child that were wounded and a lot of that has to do with cultivating just like a general awareness uh, of yourself you know, uh, so that you can allow yourself the choice. Am I reacting from a place of tantrum or, you know, of wound and and hurt? Or am I going to take a step back, cool off and really think about this and think about it outside of myself? Yeah, I think that that kind of goes back to, I think we were saying in episode one, like we are living either in fear or we live in love. And I think when you're letting your inner child do all the work for you. You're living in fear. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, like you believe you're in full control of your life and that you Mm -hmm. can fail, right? Like I can just rely on little old me. Like I, I control everything, but that's not true. Like, well, I've gone nuts thinking that I control everything in the world and I have to do everything on my own. Like that's living in fear all the time. Like you have to realize for me, I have to realize that God has me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to show up prepared. I'm going to show up with the, my Glock in one hand, my sword in the other, like ready to fight. And I, I come prepared and I come ready to fight. But knowing that God's got my back and whatever happens, mm-hmm. 
it was either supposed to or it was my lesson. And I'm like, okay, God, thank you. Thank you for that lesson. I knew it had to happen. And like, right, like trusting that what's for you will never miss you and what's not for you will leave when it's supposed to. Yeah. Like just be prepared for whatever and believe Mm -hmm. that the outcome is the outcome. There's no good. There's no bad. It's just, it is what it is and be grateful for whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Totally. So, and a big part of that is helping yourself heal from the things that you experienced and not allowing those stories to dictate your general responses or your daily life um, because it can really affect the way that anything happens to you. Let's say you're, but how you know, do we and heal? I see this so, I, I'll explain. I want to give this example because I find it so often in men um, where it's like, it's always this like dick measuring contest. Yo, like, all day always. you guys are measuring each other's dicks like put the rulers away and it's like the guy will say one thing and the other one's gotta like shoot it right back and it's this like back and forth of whose chest can be pounded harder like, i have a serious question and i yeah. need the listeners to answer mm-hmm. do you guys really think we don't notice like do you guys think you're i don't being think discreet? they notice that you're I like don't think they notice pulling each other's dick out, dude. Like it's obvious. Like, okay, you guys both have big dicks. Cool. Let's move on. I want to go say get that a one drink. more time. So, <laughs> uh, it's it's a lot. So I think that ways and that's again that's acting out of like a wounded ego. It's acting out of like the need to prove yourself and the need mm-hmm. to like be bigger and better. When again, if you really were confident or if you really had a strong sense of self, like that you wouldn't need to like you would let the other guy look stupid or the other person yeah you let that other person be like you know showing how embarrassing they are on their own yeah like you're pretty much when you let the other man or woman that is going off and trying to like belittle you when you just don't answer and you don't acknowledge them you're letting everyone see their inner child screaming. They're speaking for themselves. Like you yeah, see, like, everyone is seeing their tantrum that they're blowing. You're like, okay, like don't feed into it. Right. You're kind of letting them make a fool out of themselves. Yeah. You're taking the high road by not saying anything or just letting them like, even if it's like seemingly they quote unquote win. Trust me, they didn't. No. So you can heal your inner child. You can do that because, I mean, we all have one. Right. And they were formed throughout childhood and we're going to carry them with us. And it becomes the lens from which we're operating from um, and from which we're viewing our current worlds from. So you do that by honoring and having a good relationship with yourself. You know, you do that by you do that by. Experiencing and speaking from your true self, having that cultivating that strong relationship with yourself, having your rituals, doing the things that make you happy. Only when you have a strong sense of self can you really like take a step back when you are being triggered, when you are being threatened and being like, okay, hold on. Let me, you know, really uh, make the choice of how I'm going to react, how I'm going to, how I'm going to approach this situation. And honestly, throughout our childhood, most of us had one or more needs that were unmet, you know? And I don't think that, 
you know, we can blame our parents for that. A lot of us want to say, you know, maybe our parents weren't emotionally available or maybe they were overly available. Maybe they were too, too hard on us. Maybe they were too um, lenient with us. And, you know, I don't think that it comes from a place of ill intent. I just, I think that our, our parents as our caretakers didn't meet their own needs in their self-growth. So it's like a cycle, right? So I think that's they could only model what they themselves were capable of. That's exactly where so, it starts. Right. Understanding starts that your parent is a kid as well. Yeah. And still is. Like It's so hard to envision our parents as younger people because we never saw them, right? Like We've mm-hmm. seen pictures, but like you've never, with your own eyes, seen your parent as someone else in the way you've seen them since you were born, right? We've also only really assigned them one role. Yeah. Our parents. But <laughs> so we they have to be right. They are right. Yeah. You know? I don't want to be seen as one role. So like, mm-hmm. damn, that's fucked up that I only see my mom as my mom. And I only see my dad mm-hmm. as my dad. Like, there's so much more. Right. So, you know, it's... The, the goal isn't really to remove or completely displace your inner child, right? Because I feel like we are associating it somewhat negatively like it's only where the wounds come from like Mm -hmm. you can have an inner child memory of being loved and and being appreciated and you could have had really really nurturing and supportive parents so that you're viewing the world from that lens but we all again have had needs that were unmet for whatever reason that may be no matter how big or small like that scale right no one can tell you how big or small your right your trauma doesn't have to be a humongous trauma to have had an effect on just the way that you view the world. Mm -hmm. So it's really just about living with it and teaching it new tools to operate, Um, teaching it tools to be a happy and functioning adult. (laughs) And you can do that by just making space for whatever you're feeling, whenever you're feeling that in the moment is just allowing yourself to feel whatever it is that you're feeling, acknowledging it, and not shaming yourself for having those thoughts. How do you we make all space are going to have, how do you make space for it is allowing yourself to feel. So when we were saying like, cool off before voicing your concerns, mm-hmm. sit down with yourself, make space, allow yourself and like, be like your parent. They say that you, when you are healing your inner child, you are reparenting yourself. So again, the needs that weren't met for you as a parent, you are now giving to yourself. So you can do that like the way that a parent does just when you're sitting and crying, your parent is just sit like giving you their shoulder so that you can cry on so that you can talk and vent and they're not judging you. They're not trying. Maybe they are trying to fix it, but they don't have to right in order to make an impact on you or feel like you've they've given you all of them. You know, it's just accepting what you feel, being there for yourself and learning from that. Why am I feeling this way? Is it really like what I'm making it out to be? And then just having a better understanding of yourself so that the next time it happens, you're like, okay, where am I operating from? And can I be better from it? You know, before I react and go through this cycle where, you know, you end up like your parents, where they're just always fighting or you don't hold friends. Maybe your parents didn't really have friends because they didn't trust anyone, Mm -hmm. you know? And like all throughout their lives, they were like, don't trust anyone. Everyone's out to screw you. And Mm -hmm. you bring that into your life. 
It's like you don't allow yourself to have friends because you think everyone's out to screw you. Well, you're really robbing yourself of the ability of having friends. Yeah. I would definitely say that my the way I hold space for my emotions is me honoring my inner child by crying. Like, when I was younger, I would cry for everything. But that was the <laughs> way I... I was, you know, I was a crybaby, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I was a crybaby. Anything I would cry for. But that was my release. And I, like, mm-hmm. when I realized that, like, it annoyed my family, I stopped crying. I would fight it so hard. Like, I was like, this is, no, don't cry, don't cry. Like, until I was maybe, like, 20, literally until, like, last year, I would say, honestly, that I was like, yeah. I can't cry. I can't cry. And that I was taught that as an inner child, like, you know, as a child, that it was wrong, that I can't cry. But now... Or you just wouldn't be uh, I, it, your re- the a- yeah, reaction you got. I wouldn't receive it well. Like, no one would, like, right. comfort me. No one would coddle me and, like, tell me it's okay. I'm just going to mm-hmm. get a look like, stop fucking crying. Mm-hmm. But now, yo, I cry forever. I, I love it. I'm so happy that I got to the point where I'm like, I can just cry and then I move on. It's literally a release. Allowing yourself the space to heal yeah. and feel. Yeah. I, I yeah, love crying totally. now. <laughs> <laughs> I have always, I think, allowed myself to cry. Um, but there have been times where I feel like I need to be rock solid and be the support for everyone else. So I don't allow myself the time to do that. I give everyone else the space too, but not myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So definitely something I'm still working on. What? Okay, so I wanted to do like a little speed dating round with your younger self. We're going to ask each other questions. Well, I mean, I have the questions, so, and we can put it in the show notes so that you guys can ask yourselves these questions. I compiled them from like a slew of advice columns and like Reddit and therapy columns and self-help guides. Reddit is <laughs> accurate. Always. It is always accurate. Like it's a Google Scholar, but on crack. For real, right? <laughs> So when you gave the question, I have to respond with the first thing that comes in my mind? Yes. Okay, um, let's do this. It's pretty much so. They were just advice that I turned into questions. It's actually, I think it's better that we ask ourselves these questions. So that way you can understand where and why you picked up these beliefs and these behaviors in the first place, right? When you ask yourself the question, you can write it down and help. that helps you deprogram. Like you can like tangibly see physically see Mm -hmm. what it is that you wrote down and affirmations and advice are great but like this really helps you get to like the ooey gooey part of the brownie Mm -hmm. okay oh now i want a brownie but i'm ready let's do this oh my god okay well thanksgiving is coming so maybe we can do brownies okay um (sighs) number one why are you not asking for help because i think i can figure it out myself Mm. or that i have to figure it out myself you, your turn. Because I can do everything. No, I, there's nothing I can't do. That's what I thought when I was younger. Like, I literally can do anything. That's great. Yeah. It's a strong sense of self right there. I did have. Okay. I, I think that's one thing I would say I had as a kid. It's a strong sense of self. Whether that I was, like, confident enough to show it to people, but, like, I always knew who I was. Mm-hmm. And that's a totally, like, different thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> okay, number two. Why are you still friends with them? They suck and you know it. Wow, I don't know. I feel like, okay, well, when I did have them before, it's because I felt 
Like, I didn't want to end a friendship. I didn't want to... But why? Like, what kept you to be friends with them? Was it something that you were receiving? Like, was it like a um, cause-effect relationship? Was it like you benefited from the relationship? Maybe more out of, like, not wanting to see something fail. Mm -hmm. Like, they were my friends, and despite what they did to me, I just didn't want it to end because then it would be like failing at something and maybe that meant that I was a bad friend or mm, admitting okay. that I could have been a bad friend okay so it's like the inner child was right. thinking that it was your fault right okay okay you um again I think this goes back to my like me um having that strong sense of self as a child I didn't keep people around that I didn't like or that I didn't trust so I had like a solid group of like three or four friends that I've kept my whole life. And if I didn't like you, like I just didn't like you. If I knew you weren't a good friend to me, it wasn't, you were, you were done. So I liked all my friends and we would stay friends with all the friends I had. Okay. Okay. Three. Why do you care what people think about you? Because I, for whatever reason, think that it could actually be the truth. Mm. Okay. I would say, I think it all stems back for me for like that, like, need to be perfect. So like, if they don't like me, that means I'm not perfect or like I'm not for everyone. Mm-hmm. And that, I guess, was scary for me that like someone could like me, but. I, it's like exposure, right? Yeah, like exposure. People know who you are. Like, I've yeah, been exposed. Good. Know who I am. That's something I would tell myself, my younger self, like. Or maybe only know the good parts of me. Yeah, but if, if you don't like the good parts of me, then whatever. That's okay. I don't like everybody, so not everyone's going to like me. Yeah, but that's not true. There's no way that you just, like, didn't, like, ah, uh, yeah, whatever. No, no, I'm, I'm saying that now. That's the mentality I have now. But when I was oh. younger, like, I, th- th- this is what I would tell myself. When I was younger, like, not everyone's going to like you. It's okay. Okay. Next one. Okay. Hmm. If you were to imagine who you are in 15 years, who are you? So this is you asking your younger self, who are you in 15 years? Describe yourself. Strong, Latin, independent woman who don't need no man. No, I'm kidding. Spicy. Hot tamale. Um, I would say that I've always envisioned myself as a successful, professionally driven, um, or and I don't know that I per se related it to like a corporate setting, but just a very like a setting out anything or accomplishing anything I set out to uh, do just being wildly successful. I think I always, that's what I always saw for myself mm-hmm. in any capacity. Nice. So I will not settle for less. Yeah. No one should. And I'm glad that you have that mentality because yeah, everyone yeah. deserves I mean, because it all. Yep. And I was going to say that I feel like sometimes depending on your environment or what you saw your parents accomplish and stuff like that could very well affect how you were. But I just always knew it didn't really matter like who, what, what was around me. Like I was going to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. Yeah. Some way, somehow. And maybe I didn't always like fully believe it, but I always knew I saw that. Uh, Like I didn't always fully believe it in the moment, but I always knew that that's, that is what is going to be of my life. Yeah, definitely. So for me, when I think of success, I think of like, there's like many moments or a few moments in your life, you're just like completely present and you're like, damn, like I'm at peace right now. Like 
everything is good. You have those moments where you're like, I will remember this moment for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. My life in 15 years, what I would think when I was a child was like that being my permanent life. Just that feeling, being at complete peace. That is my success. You're a profound little kid. <laughs> I don't know that I was thinking about all of that. It's really weird that like when I say it out loud because I'm like, no, like I was thinking that as, as a child, but like I really was. Mm-hmm. Like I was like that feeling, I, I want it. Like that's my, mm-hmm. what I strive for in life. Definition of success. Yeah. Cool. One more, one more. One more? Oh, I have like two. Can I do two? Okay. Okay. Two. We'll, we'll make it quick. Do you like the way you look? Yes. I haven't always, or actually, I think I, I haven't always been fully happy, but I think I've learned throughout life to embrace all parts of me. Mm -hmm. So I have always been very hard on myself, uh, like physically, but I've always loved how I look. I've just maybe have had that perfectionism that I think we all have now maybe has become worse because of, you know, selfie nation and what we're trying to compare ourselves to um, on social media or what we can, even without wanting to. Um, But yes, I've always loved the way that I look. I just have not always like been kind to myself about it. Agreed. One of the biggest lessons in life that we all have to really work on and it takes a lot of effort but like just to fully think that you are the baddest bitch. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you need to understand and you need to believe it with everything in you that you literally are the baddest bitch because you are, you are. If you think exactly. anyone else is better That's than it. you, you're, you're putting yourself down. Like you are not going to succeed in anything that you do in life. If you think that there's someone better than you, no one is better than you. No one can be, and you're not better than anyone, but you're, you're a bad bitch. Well, right, because you only you have to offer what you have. Yeah. Does, that, does that make sense? Yeah, like like if you everyone could you can be in the same space as someone who are offering multiple like the same thing, but only you have your charisma, only you have the energy that you give something that someone is totally gonna vibe to, you know. And it's like makes you special and different than and you don't have to be the loudest person in the room or you don't have to be the most beautiful person in the room you don't have to be the funniest like you being just fucking i know it sounds so cheesy but like i really don't know how else to say it but like you just being you like Mm -hmm. people will fuck with that heavy because you are i love authentic people like that's the friends i have are people that are just themselves and that's what i I want around me and because i want to be 100 percent myself yep agreed Okay, last one. Mm. <laughs> What's something most people don't know about you? I think it's a good finisher. Wow. Uh, you're a young you. I would say that I'm, like, pretty emotional. Okay. Yeah. You you, you hid that very well, that you were this rock. That yeah, I, I... I genuinely thought you didn't care <laughs> all the time. About anything. You were literally, like, <laughs> Courtney from the Kardashians. Hey, don't disturb my peace. Um, No, I just, yeah, I think that I um, had this like really tough exterior that like no one could rock me or affect me or anything. But deep down, I was very like deep emotionally, like I felt a lot and um, was impacted very much by things that happened to me or 
the experiences that I went through or, you know, just anything. So I would say that, that I'm more emotional than I may come off as. And I think that the people closest to me know that, but anyone else would have no idea now. Yeah. What about you? I don't know. That's a very hard question to ask. And I'm glad like you answered it very well, but like, how do you not know what you don't show? How do you know what people do and do not see? Well, you know what you, I think like if you take enough of a, an assessment, like, you know what you don't show or you know what you may like hold off. But like, okay. Like how I told you, I thought that you were really good at just pretending like you didn't care when you did something wrong or that Mm -hmm. didn't happen like and you were shocked you were like oh really well I hid that well like I don't know what people really got from my actions and my my words you know what I mean hmm well maybe the people that didn't know you that well that you didn't show yourself to didn't know like the depth Mm. of your personality that I'm I'm really nice like I think (laughs) yeah that exterior says otherwise my friend you are the definition of a resting bitch face yo (laughs) I really am like I I really would have friends that would be like yo like does she want to be here (laughs) and it's like yeah she does she's really nice I swear just talk to her (laughs) but you wouldn't have been the person to like talk to them no and I'm giving you the look like don't talk to me yeah, you were, like, unapproachable. Absolutely. But I didn't... Mm-hmm. But I swear, like, if you approach me, I am really kind. <laughs> like, I really am. And I really care about you. But for mm-hmm. some reason, my face just stays like that. Yeah, and again, it's just... It took you a little bit to get out of your shell or to, like, feel comfortable or, like, you're in a safe space to be yourself. Well, exactly that. How we started, I am very shy. That's me being shy. Mm-hmm. It's just turning off. That's my yep. coping mechanism as my little inner child. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that was fun. I'm glad that we, yeah, it was. we did those little questions that helps like understand more of what our inner child was thinking. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, well, no, I think we will drop those questions in the show notes so you guys can ask yourselves, or maybe you can do that with a close friend or a sibling or Ooh, a partner, yeah, you know, someone partner. that you feel... That's yeah, so good. I think that's a fun Ooh, one. That would get deep. That's like that's a nice little night. You guys have some wine and have like these questions. I love doing these questions. They're so fun. Yeah, much better than always. You know, like when you're like sitting night. upside down on the phone when you're a kid, like you're like mm-hmm. somehow you twirling make, the cord. Yeah, you're somehow in the fucking dryer, <laughs> like with the door closed on the phone for like five hours. These are questions talking about for really that. cool stuff. Yeah, yeah that's course. perfect time for that. So let's transition into our next segment. We've got our little abuelita here with some teas. And I wanted to make this kind of short because I know we've had a long episode so far. So I just wanted to give you a recipe for a tea that I like to make for myself that I've been playing around with and... I want to dedicate it to this episode and to our younger self. So it's called Young at Heart. And I think it's best to drink it at night because it's considered a heart opener. So it really just gets you uh, just to receive and give love. It like nourishes your heart? Yeah, actually it like does nourish your heart, but it also nourishes the spiritual essence of your heart as well. Keep you looking young and feeling young 
and just bring that like carefree joy back into your life and that wow. glow. Like I know I'm talking big shit about this, but let me break it down. So what's in it? Okay, so it has holy basil, which is a nervine. Um, I can do like little segments of herbs and explaining what each thing means because I know it's completely gibberish. But a nervine is an herb that affects the nervous system. So the brain and the body connection and how they speak Mm -hmm. to each other and communicate to each other. It also affects the limbic system. And the limbic system is our behavioral response and our emotional response. So think of the nervous system as the action of your body and the limbic system as the feeling in your body. Kind of like that movie, that Disney movie, that cartoon movie that like all the people were like managing in the brain, like fear and all the emotions, all the emotions. That's your limbic system. So holy basil, the I think herb. it's called Inside Out. Yes, yes. I saw it on the plane it's the other day. so cute. Um, it's so cute. So holy basil actually helps lower your stress response of the nervous system, and it helps with the body's ability to respond to stress. So not only does it affect the way we respond to it, but how we cope with it as well. So it helps reduce anxiety and fatigue. Uh, so that's the first ingredient. We also have Ceylon cinnamon. So this is known as true cinnamon. The cinnamon that you normally find like at Trader Joe's and Publix or like uh, Whole Foods or I don't know where you have like in other states, um, Albertsons and things like that. Like that cinnamon you find in the spice racks is kind of all the nutrients are stripped from it. And all you're getting is just the smell of what cinnamon gives you. It's harder to find Ceylon cinnamon, but it's antimicrobial. It's antioxidant properties. And it helps improve the sensitivity to insulin in your body. So it helps regulate your blood sugar. And traditionally, it's just known to warm the body. So, you know what they say about uh, warm hands? A warm Warm heart. (laughs) Okay, so we have Ceylon cinnamon, we have holy basil, and then the next one is beautiful rose. Rose is a heart opener. I mean, that's why we give it as gifts to people when their birthday or anniversary or valentine's day or to show them we love them exactly it invites calmness into the body and it reduces anxiousness it also is used in skincare products to reduce redness so in ailments that cause redness like eczema rosacea psoriasis acne it reduces inflammation and how we spoke in episode two inflammation is the root of all disorder in the body so we want to make sure we reduce inflammation as much as we can um, it also has a hypnotic effect to improve deep sleep. You're going to sleep well. Good to take at night. <laughs> That's the th- Yeah, exactly. Like if you're reducing anxiety, if you're reducing inflammation, you're going to improve your sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also has an adaptogenic herb called ashwagandha. So an adaptogenic herb is, think of like the litmus paper. You know how that's like acidic is red, basic is blue, and seven, the middle point, neutral, is balanced. So... adaptogenic herbs just help they're like genius plants that just know if you have too much or too little of anything and it just brings your body back to balance so so if you are like too much in something it'll only uh give you what you need yes exactly and if you're too much in something it will tell the body it would speak to the nervous system as to tell the chemicals in your body to then tell your hormones to either like increase or decrease like hey calm down with this one or let's Mm -hmm. juice it up a little bit more nice so that's what ashwagandha does uh it improves sleep improves brain function reduces blood sugar anti-inflammatory overall it's an amazing adaptogen and you can incorporate it 
in anything, not just the tea. I think it's something that everyone should take. And then we have cacao, which is what chocolate comes from. It's the actual bean from the cocoa plant. And it improves your immune system, reduces inflammation, has magnesium to support the brain, it helps you sleep well. Um, but this tea that I have, I actually get ceremonial cacao, which you can't just get ceremonial cacao anywhere. It's the way they process and make the bean into a paste. And it has to go through a certain process in order to be considered ceremonial grade to preserve all the biochemical and energetic properties that are in the ceremonial cacao. Um, okay. It unlocks euphoric states, so releases any negative emotions. We have serotonin in there. We have oxytocin, the bonding hormone. Serotonin is your happiness hormone, dopamine. All of this is in cacao. That's why everyone loves cacao. Like, literally dip me in chocolate, please. Forever. Forever. Chocolate is everything of health and wealth and absolutely is good in this world like we probably have gone to war for chocolate yeah i believe it yeah i'd go to war for chocolate yeah i mean it's known as the god food and it stimulates all these pleasure centers in your brain so like that's why we love it so much so yeah that's what we have how can we find this how can we find this uh tea that you made well i haven't put it for so i sell teas guys um i actually make them and i make them for my clients and i make them for the my loved ones and friends. Um, you saw that? I was, I was plugging you a Yeah, bit. I, I see that. Like, Thank right, you, girl. So. Thank you. <laughs> Do that plug in right here. Get your teas. Um, so this one I've been like really working on for a while. It's also sweetened with dates. Dates are delicious. Um, so yeah. I forgot to mention that. But I would actually, I can make it like a, a listener's special where I sell this tea. Yeah. Right? DM Fab and get your teas at a, a discounted rate for loving the episodes and being yeah, one of our followers. Yeah. Get your your young at heart tea. And you will be opening your heart to others. You could have it with someone else and just give it to a loved one. Shop small for Christmas, my friends. Oh yeah. The Girl, holidays. Can you be my uh manager? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Honestly, DM either our page if you know fab personally dm her and we got you this is what i'm asking for for christmas yes that and a perfume that's all i want (laughs) okay you let me know what perfume you want (laughs) you know which one i want so sugar (laughs) oh please speak let's let's really throw back into our younger selves that was me oh my god remember alien yeah, but I never wore that. I know, but you that did. just reminds me of like my seventh grade gym being class. younger. Yeah, anything from them or Angel. Yes. So let's segment over to pass me the ox. So this uh, episode, we wanted to throw it back. We want to throw it back to when we were kids. Uh, We were teens and young in the 90s and the 2000s and the 2010s. So we're really just throwing in a mix of everything that literally transports us back into that time when things were easy, when things were fun when we didn't have cares or jobs or responsibilities. 
when music just hit you and that was it like I don't really feel like music hits the same anymore no also it's because we're so saturated in so much music now like before it's like oh that one song came out and everyone loved it now it's like there's 15 new songs every day right like Spotify generates like 18,000 playlists for you whereas before it's like which CD are we listening yeah. to today? There's only 18 songs on it. And I'm sorry, but why did Chris Brown make an album with 50 songs? I can't listen to yeah, all I that. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of garbage on that. Like, it was. I love you. Like, you make awesome music, but there was a lot of just like, they didn't need to be on an album, but They were cute. I literally might have listened to it once if I didn't skip yeah, but... it and never went back to it. Right. Like, how many of them do you actually remember? None. Exactly. So... Throw us any of your favorite your favorite throwbacks, anything that we missed, anything that you think would just needs to be on there to perfect that playlist. We would love to hear it. And let's jam out together, you know? Let's just drop top. Can I give an honorary rain. mention to a song yeah. that's going to be on there? Okay. So- T-Pain. <laughs> Ew, get out of my head. <laughs> Ew, what were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to... I had to do an honorary mention of Florida and... It's one song with two icons, Plies and T-Pain. You got me so hypnotized. Uh-uh. No? Even though you're not my man and I'm my girl, I'm going to call you my shawty. Sing it to Honestly. me, girl. Well, uh-uh, well. Both classics. I'm, I'm, turning that, I'm turning that up, like, in the house. Oh, my God. My here. neck breaks when I hear that song. i'm so excited for this i feel like it's gonna be one of my favorite playlists i'm such an oldies like jammer i it's i mean i love coming up on new music like i spend lots of my time listening to new things and trying to come up on new artists shout out to a lot of my friends who put me on to good music but there's nothing like the old music so enjoy it with us i know you will Well, I think that's it from us, guys. I mean, this was a jam-packed episode. We got some real embarrassing things going on. We got some really deep things going on. And I think, I hope that we've at least given you some tools that we've used that we just learned about today on how to love and respect who and who you are now, who you were, and you know, like maybe we write ourselves a little love note so that we can read it in the next 10 years. I think that'd be super cool. Just a a way to continue checking in with yourself and seeing if you're growing and um, evolving the way that you would hope and that you're continuously learning and expanding and not staying stagnant. So love you guys. Thanks for rocking with us as always. Um, Share with us if you guys have checked in with yourself and what you would ask or tell yourself um, as a piece of advice yeah. when you were younger. Um, I would just say uh, to close off, like keep honoring who you are and honor your inner child that you were. Uh, you have no idea how much you feed people and th- those around you with your, your spirit and what you have to offer the world and just never lose that bliss inside of you. Rep your set. Oof. Rep your set. That was really deep. Feeling like I need to really sit with that. (laughs) Yeah, sit with that. I'm going to cheers my glass of wine tonight to that. You're...
You already know. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, catch you again. Same time, same place next week. As always, share with your family, your loved ones, anyone you think would really enjoy this episode or someone who really needs to be a little bit kinder to themselves, you know, just tell them to show themselves some love. Um, and as always, keep being awesome, responding to us and just continuing engaging with us. I've gotten awesome feedback. I know, Fab, you have yeah, as well. Yeah. And it just fuels my little heart to know that you guys are really relating to what we're saying. So thanks for keeping us going. Yeah. And enjoy your week. Have a great week and just rock the fuck on. Hey, love more. Love. Mwah.